It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. Hey, welcome back to Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast. I am your host, Carrie. And I'm Larissa. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hi. So what's going on? What have you been into? Let's get into it. Did a little Vegas. Lots of smoke. I'm not going to lie. My kid was like shocked when he walked into casino and a wall of smoke. He's like, oh, God, this is terrible. I'm like, welcome to Vegas, baby boy. Let's get you some asthmatic lungs while we're at it. <laughs> Were you there with uh, Katy Perry did her brought Northwest on the stage? We were trying to go to the Katy Perry concert. I wanted to take him to Katy Perry, and he's like, no, maybe not. Uh, you would have seen so Kim, Kim K there. That's at the um, World Resort thing, because that's where yeah. I stayed. Yeah, I stayed in that. That's where I stayed. Did you like it? Is it a nice hotel? I mean, yeah, it kind of reminded me of like a mall but the yeah. where the, the restaurants shopping? are. Yeah, and it's like two stories, Ooh. but it's not the gimmicky like what you see at what is the one where Caesar's Palace, oh, where they have that Rome, like underground, yeah. like mall? It's not gimmicky like any of that. Just Girl, you feel like you're in a mall. Venetian, the Venetian has turned into like a giant 99 cent store. Have you seen all the shops at the Venetian? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's where I went to the ice bar. When? Recently? Yeah, I went there in February. You didn't see all my pictures. It was the weekend after I, I went to did, Miami. But- did you not go? Did you go into the shopping area of the Venetian? It's yeah. so ugly. It's it, just, yeah. Yeah. It's like the, where they sell like the rhinestone and lycra um, dresses for like, you know, $42. <laughs> and the Rue 21. The Lucite <laughs> heels. And oh, God, it's, it's horrible. They used to have such nice stores there. And now it's just, ugly. no, no, no. I totally know what you're talking about. And it's about like chlorine and urine it's like sorry and then the win isn't that is that the guy who owns the versailles is no. that his hotel no win was owned by steve win who had the bellagio first okay win sold it Steve Wynn helped turn Las Vegas into the multi-billion dollar tourist mecca it is today. As CEO of Wynn Resorts, Wynn built the Bellagio, the Mirage, the Wynn Hotel, emblazoning his name and image on them and the city. Wynn was also the finance chairman of the Republican National Committee and a big GOP donor. But that all came crashing down when the Wall Street Journal published a story alleging a years-long pattern of harassment and sexual coercion by Wynn against his employees. The journal reported that at least one of them was paid a $7 million settlement. Wynn has denied all the allegations against him, calling them preposterous. Rick Velota has been covering this story for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, which we should point out is owned by Sheldon Adelson, who is also a big GOP donor and a competitor of Steve Wynn's in the casino business in Vegas and elsewhere. Rick Velota, welcome to the NewsHour. Uh, could you just lay out what the allegations are against Steve Wynn? Well, right now it's under investigation that he uh, coerced uh, some of his female employees to give him massages and then to have uh, sex with him uh, in some of the uh, uh, some some of the hotel rooms at the uh, Win Las Vegas. And there were some allegations, I take it, of uh, that he was asking waitresses not to lose weight in the past. There were some other allegations. Can you explain those as well? 
Yeah, this was uh, actually several years ago when there was some uh, big controversy about uh, how he felt like some of the women employees did just did not look as, as good as they could have looked. So he brought them all into a room, talked to them about the fact that they needed to lose weight, and then they, he set a standard by which they had uh, only a certain amount of pounds that they could gain from the time that they were hired in order to keep their jobs. But Siegel, no, Siegel has the Versailles. I don't think Siegel owns anything on the strip, but he has all these little tiny budget motels around town now. It's called oh, okay. Stay or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think he owns, at first I thought he owned Resort World, but usually his properties have his name on them. Oh, okay. That's good to know because the, the whole time I was there, I kept thinking the Versailles lady was over there. No, not we stayed at Encore, which is the okay. newer thing on Wynn, and it was yeah. an amazing room. Like w- we stayed at Encore a couple nights so they could play golf at the Wynn Resort, and then we went to Mandalay Bay, and it was a huge. We went to Delano, the Delano, and it was a huge step down from Encore. We what? like opened the door and like, uh, is that the lady that was the lawyer and she scammed? What? She scammed like her company out of like thousands of dollars and she was staying at the Wynn or Encore. Really? Did you hear about this? Yeah, I'm going to look it up. John, in the lender, that suing attorney, Sarah King, alleges that she moved into the Wynn in Las Vegas, lived there for six months and gambled 24-7 using the company's money. Now, these videos of King, these photos of King were included in the lawsuit against her, even showing a picture of her with NFL stars on the Wynn golf course. The lawsuit says LDR International gave loans to King's company from January to October of last year. Those loans were supposed to be given out to the third-party borrowers. Instead, they were used to carry out a lavish lifestyle and alleging this scheme is still going on. According to this suit, as of February 9th of this month, King is still sending fake deals to the plaintiff and or its agents. King claims she has spent all of the funds and has no money left to her name. King also is crossing state lines to engage in further fraud. That suit alleges King has 20 days to respond to this suit that is filed in California federal court. Well, the rooms are not cheap there. That is... Yeah, she was living in it. She was... Oh, God. I mean, it's a great place to live. Problem is, is with me looking this up, I already tried to look something up. Yeah. And... Other articles came up about um, uh, lots of different lawyers who've tried to do. Yeah, exactly. People. That's, That's what I'm shocking. Like. I don't know how that would happen. There are so many conventions there too. It's just like any place you go in Vegas, someone's wearing a lanyard around their neck. I just want to crash conventions. I want to take someone's <laughs> lanyard and just go to every convention and see what kind of freebies I can get. Like knowing me, I would go in on a day where I would get like plumbing supplies or here's some shower curtain rings or you know something terrible instead of fancy like free backpacks or free laptops there's so much the one was the ex-biden official sam Britton accepts plea deal in vegas luggage theft nevada supreme court suspends lawyer indicted in courthouse fraud oh god Um, there's so many did a Las Vegas hotel cleaner s- steal a millionaire's condom? What? That's a hotel so... cleaner in Las Vegas stole a millionaire's used condom from his room, became <laughs> pregnant, and was awarded millions of dollars in child support for the scheme. Is this what? fact or fiction? 
Ponzi scheme allegations lead SEC to sue lawyer and six others. Yeah. Um, oh, nightmare story. Okay. The- oh, known prostitute arrested for stealing $90,000 from Las Vegas tourist. Oh, 90 grand. If you can get 90 grand out of a Las Vegas tourist, you're, that's a good night, honey. Yeah. Right home about that. I, funnily enough, I went to Greenbrier. I don't Yes. There's a lot of patterns there, aren't there? Oh, yeah. Dorothy Draper. Yeah. It's very. Yeah. And the Princess Grace had stayed there with her husband. Duke and Duchess of Windsor stayed there. Like, it's where the bunker was if for Congress, if, you know, nuclear war happened. Amazing. Yeah. Was it fun? It was. It was. I'm about 250 miles outside D.C. at a five-diamond resort called the Greenbrier. It's been here since 1778, two years after the U.S. became the U.S. Everybody since Andrew Jackson all the way to JFK and George Bush Jr. and Sr. has stayed here. But beneath this huge 6,500-acre resort is a whole other world, a much darker one, a doomsday bunker built to house the entire legislative branch of the U.S. government, the Senate and the House of Representatives. In the event of a nuclear attack, the whole seat of American power would head underground. In 1949, four years after the U.S. dropped an atomic bomb on Hiroshima, the Soviet Union detonated one of their own in Kazakhstan, and possible Armageddon between the two superpowers moved into high gear. School children were taught to duck and cover. That signal means to stop whatever you are doing and get to the nearest safe place fast. Civilians dug fallout shelters in their backyards. And by 1957, President Dwight Eisenhower had developed an ambitious plan to protect the entire U.S. government from nuclear annihilation. This conflict strikes directly at the faith of our fathers and at the lives of our sons. In the worst-case scenario, an atom bomb the size of the one dropped on Hiroshima explodes over the Capitol building. The entire structure is instantly reduced to dust. The force of the explosion sends that radioactive dust five miles into the air. A giant fireball ignites a chain of fires for miles across the city, and a thousand-mile-an-hour blast wave flattens all the buildings within a half-mile radius. Thousands die instantly, and anyone within 10 miles of the blast who looked directly at the flash is blind. Fifteen minutes later, the radioactive dust, known as fallout, starts to drift down. Depending on wind direction, these lethal particles could spread over 200 miles. Two days later, the radiation would have died down to non-lethal levels. The trick was to survive that long. Eisenhower believed that the best way to protect the 535 members of Congress was a subterranean fallout shelter. It needed to be far enough away from D.C. to avoid a direct hit, but close enough for a speedy evacuation. And it needed to be built in complete secrecy. The Greenbrier was the perfect location. It had served as an army hospital during World War II. It was later rebuilt as a mountain resort and remains one of the most well-known resorts in the country. Didn't you get to go skeet shooting there too? I did. And every time I hear that, I'm like, I want to, like, you know, the song Skeet, Skeet, Skeet. I like, that's what goes off in my head. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh. But it was super. Um... I mean, you could shoot skeet. 
you kind of do shoot <laughs> more ways than one I mean yes okay we're ready don't ever look up anything trying to find anything for Vegas because no lie that I'm getting so many different articles, <laughs> articles. <laughs> well, Just, I guess it's not important right a woman suing Las Vegas Wendy's after she says hamburger broke her teeth oh god I mean, you could probably find various things in many different yeah. fairs. I, I mean, there's got to be more than one buffet lawsuit going on. I've never eaten at a Vegas uh, buffet. I've been there so many times. I've never eaten at a buffet. Aren't they out now? Like, they don't even do that. No, now? I think they do. I, I, don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just remember growing up, like when I was in college, my brother and I stopped in Vegas when he was driving me out. And... Um, I think we ate like a buffet at six o'clock and then we drove in town, went to a casino and ate a free breakfast, gambled like $10, ate a free breakfast and then got out of there. (laughs) Oh, those were the days. Do you know, I did not gamble at all. Neither did my husband. Like I just don't gamble. I'm not a big gambler. I didn't do any, but I think, I think uh, the Colonel went down and he did a little bit. I think he got like, yeah, I think he made a little bit of some, some, but I think cause he was just bored. I have these fantasies that I'll walk by a slot machine you can't even put a quarter in anymore. You have to buy it, download a card, you know, buy a card and it's got money on it. Yeah. But my big fantasy is I, you know, buy like $5 on a card and play penny slots and win like $200,000 or something. (laughs) <laughs> and I, you can't really have that fantasy that would be amazing do it so i don't think it'll ever come <laughs> true for me i just i want to spend my money on shopping is what i want to do um i did, was reading something so interesting though i know we're going to get to harry and megan but i just have mm-hmm. to i could not pass this up so i yeah. found this article on the daily mirror of course it says Victoria's drug kingpin El Chapo's sons fed people alive to tigers. The charges unsealed today demonstrate the comprehensive approach the Justice Department is taking to disrupt the entire fentanyl trafficking ecosystem. The 23 defendants we have charged in this indictment represent each stage of the movement, manufacturing, and sale of deadly fentanyl from start to finish. As alleged in the indictment, two of the defendants... Ivan Archivaldo Guzman Salazar and Jesus Alfredo Guzman Salazar are leaders in the cartel. Alongside Ovidio Guzman Lopez, a defendant who we charged in a separate indictment, also unsealed today, for his role in manufacturing and trafficking activities for the cartel. The indictments describe in detail how the Sinaloa cartel operates without respect for human rights, for human life, or the rule of law. For example, two of the defendants tested the potency of the cartel's fentanyl on individuals who were tied down. In another instance, those defendants experimented on a woman they had been ordered to shoot. Instead, they injected her repeatedly with fentanyl until she overdosed and died. And after an addict died testing a batch of the cartel's fentanyl, one of the defendants sent the batch to the United States anyway. As described in the indictment, the Chapitos security forces attack law enforcement, intimidate civilians, destroy unsupportive businesses, and capture contested territory. They often torture and kill their victims. They have fed some of their victims, dead and alive, 
to tigers belonging to the Chapitos. In another example, we alleged that four defendants were responsible for capturing, torturing, and killing Mexican law enforcement officers. One of the officers was tortured for two hours before he was shot by Ivan Archivaldo Guzman Salazar. So El Chapo's sons, nicknamed Los Chapitos, um, have been charged with running a major fentanyl supply operation in the U.S., Joaquin Guzman Lopez, 36, and Jesus Alfredo Guzman Salazar, 37, and Ivan Guzman Salazar, 40, who are among those fronting the Sinaloa cartel, remain at large. The brothers, Ovidio, the, their brother, Ovidio, is already behind bars after arrested on January 5th following a shootout that left at least 29, 29 dead. 29 dead, a shootout. So what they did was they would um, get like hostages they would be tied up and tortured for information, and those who failed to cooperate were fed, dead or alive, to pet tigers owned by the brothers. They would test out these drugs on hostages they took. Also, instead of just a tiger, it shows him with a, a pet lion. I'm like, oh my God, Los Chopitos, you've got to be eaten by that already. I, they don't even look like they're taking care of these animals. This is really sad. So they would... Fentanyl seizures, okay, record-setting number. Nearly 107,000 Americans died of drug overdoses in the U.S. in 2021, a record-setting number. Fentanyl seizures by U.S. Customs and Border Protection have increased by more than 400% since 2019. Oh, my God, he's taken his mugshot. Ooh, this young blood does not look like he's going to be staying. And this is what <laughs> I don't understand. He's feeding people to tigers, and he's wearing holy scapulas on his neck you know what a scapula is it's no. like a prayer in the catholic faith and it usually has like a saint or the virgin mary and it's considered like mm -hmm. protection the holy scapula is protection like you don't wear those yeah. unless you're extremely religious and have never committed a sin and feeding people to tigers i think is it may not be one of the ten commandments but it's probably up there hidden somewhere <laughs> Uh, oh, it had a whole section on how they were using people as guinea pigs with the fentanyl and just killing them by the truckloads. Anyway, that that's scary because he it, that's almost like a level up of like, you know, how they always said the mafia, you oh, feed them to the pigs. God. This reminds me of almost like Roman yeah, days, alive. you know, when you had like the crazy emperor Can you imagine being yeah. fed alive. So Ovidio, his nickname is the mouse had not been one of El Chapo's better-known sons until an aborted operation to capture him three years earlier. The mouse. Three members of Mexico's security forces have died and 18 people have been admitted to hospital in the northwestern state of Sinaloa. Violence broke out across the state following the arrest of one of the leaders of an infamous criminal gang. Ovidio Guzman Lopez is the son of the notorious drug lord dubbed El Chapo. The arrest comes just days before U.S. President Joe Biden is due to visit Mexico for a summit next week. Azadeh Mashiri reports. El Chapo's drug cartel is fighting back. And now the state of Sinaloa is locked in battle. The notorious drug lord is serving a life sentence in the United States. Now, after six months of careful surveillance, Mexico's armed forces have captured his son, Ovidia Guzman López, along with other cartel members. They were arrested while carrying weapons that belonged exclusively to the Mexican army and the air force. 
Moments after his arrest, cells that are part of his criminal group set up 19 roadblocks and armed attacks in different parts of the city of Culiacan. The governor is warning residents to shelter in place, warning there is a danger across the city of Culiacan. Even a plane scheduled to fly from the city was hit by bullets before taking off. The Mexican defense minister has said U.S. officials assisted with the surveillance operation. El Chapo's son has been on America's radar for some time. The State Department says he and his brother Joaquin have overseen around 11 methamphetamine labs in the state of Sinaloa. They also believe he ordered the murders of informants, a drug trafficker, and even a popular Mexican singer who had refused to sing at his wedding. We, of course, have been closely following uh, the violence uh, in parts of uh, Mexico, uh, namely in Sinaloa, over the past few days. Uh, there has been reports of gunfire, roadblocks and fires uh, throughout, throughout the cities of Culiacan, Los Mochis, Guasave uh, in Sinaloa, Mexico. This isn't the first time the cartel has taken hold of the area. Mr. Guzman Lopez was arrested before in October 2019, but the president ordered his release to put an end to the violence that broke out. This time, the same question hovers over officials. How far are they willing to go to keep hold of El Chapo's son? So El Chapo had about 15 children with like four of his wives and he has like yeah. a bunch of girlfriends. You know, the wife went to trial here, too. And I think she got like four yeah. years or something like that because she got she got brought in through D.C. I think somewhere around here was her trial. Yes. Wow. I don't think these boys are going to be in long. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Anyway, that was my one interesting story because it wasn't pigs. It was tigers. It kind of relates to Vegas, right? No, I There's think been it's... one person. <laughs> you know, they're changing the mirage into the hard rock. They're no gonna way, put like really? a hundred foot tall guitar on the strip. Yeah. And the hard rock is now the virgin. Um, which is oh, very I saw funny that. There are no virgins in the hard rock. <laughs> Never been a virgin in <laughs> You got to read some of the books that are out there by some of the groupies. I read one and you can tell some of them were written during a time period where things were a little bit more acceptable, not acceptable, but now you read them through this generation where a lot of these aging rockers were all with like underage girls and. Oh God, they would like be in jail for years. Yeah. Now, I mean, even just. Um, I was looking at some of the old Wild On episodes we produced and just the level, it's weird because you look at some of the clothing out there and it appears that women are wearing less than ever now, yeah. right? But it's very, it's not so much out there in your face as it was in the early 2000s where it was everywhere mm-hmm. from the pool parties every weekend to the nightlife. It was just like, yeah. where? as little as possible you're in vegas and we would capture some parties that were just we used to have women who just automatically would come up to the camera and just lift up their shirt and show their boobies i mean we weren't girls gone wild or anything like that and they would just automatically do it they need a follow-up and to see where these girls are now hiding for (laughs) sure (laughs) chill darling 
there's so many people who have this dream of what it would be like to be up there and having all these people screaming your name even before you start the song you do the first chord on the guitar there are people who just are dying just to isn't that nice yeah well <laughs> and so what does that do to your head you know you think you're i mean it's obviously what we got in this for in the first place anybody who tells you the story of uh, wanting to impart some greater knowledge on in <clears throat> to humanity is really not really telling the truth the reason we first started strumming guitars is because we wanted women and lots of them it's uh, and their daughters. It's great, and probably their granddaughters. <laughs> it's really great. It's kind of like being at a buffet where everything is laid out, and you don't have to take this or this or this, but it's all there to be eaten if you want it. And so, Jackie said. Jackie said that that a lot of you, a lot of you, and I'm not making any judgments or accusations here, have little regard for women. Is that true? No, I don't think that's so at all. We worship I mean, them. Re- repeat well, I'm briefly. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. the uh, I think the relationships that happen on the road, one night stands, if you will, are much more honest than a lot of the. Let me take you out to dinner. Gee, you're an interesting person. That's a lot of crap. And the one thing, can we say that word? Crap. Yeah. Sure. In that case, it's a lot of it's a lot of crap. And this is what it is. Everybody's having the time of their lives. For girls, maybe it's a chance to be with somebody who's not going to be a dentist or a plumber. There's nothing wrong with that, but they want to spend the night with somebody who's maybe been to Paris and starts talking. But That's G- us. Yeah, yeah. Gene, when, but do you find that these girls, when you take your pick, you go in the room or whatever, they meet you backstage, um, don't they think it's going to be more? I'm sure every no, girl... No, I don't think so. You don't th- think so? I think the nicest part about it is that it's, it's very honest and it's upfront, and nobody has any false expectations of what to expect. I think it's it's, and it's a hot. good time. It's not. It doesn't go through the the facade of those preliminary dates when you're not interested in, in what the person wants to have for dinner. You're obviously more interested with getting dinner over with. So uh-huh. um, this lays everything on the line, and everybody's there to have a good time. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Let's play a game, all right? On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it, just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Hey, it's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard, where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel, because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out MissDeedsAndIntriguePodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The 
podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinion of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.